0: Talking Sport with Louis Carpers, pulling no punches, telling it like it is. Louis Carpus is Talking Sport. Hello again and welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And today, I'm going to get a little bit sentimental, if you don't mind, because in the 60s and 70s, well, more the 70s than the 60s, I spent a lot of my time on a Saturday afternoon at the hallowed rugby grounds of Newlands, the home of Western Province, and, of course, in those days, great club rugby on a Saturday afternoon, the likes of the Martys, the Ikeys, Villagers, Harlequins, and so on. Well. The rivalry continued this weekend, and it wasn't at Newlands, but at the Cape Town Stadium. What rivalry am I talking about? Well, one that goes back over a century. Western Province versus Northern Transvaal. In those days, in the 70s and in the early 80s, the names like nas Bouta, Mornay Duplessis, Tess Lawrence, Tien Stoffbach, Louis Millman, some of the greats of South African rugby, Borland Kutsier, of course, we were living in a world of isolation at the time. No real rugby uh, to talk about, although in 1973, the All Blacks came here. I remember watching Sid going with that reverse pass the new zealand scrum half obviously the south africans played fantastic rugby like h.o de villiers and so on but the rivalry between western province and the bulls is so deeply ingrained in south african rugby history the mere mention of the words -er" and luch blows well brings up vivid images of hard-fought provincial battles and memorable contests and saturday night was exactly that. A tremendous battle in front of 31,000 spectators due to COVID. The stadium could have been filled four or five times over with the amazing support of the Cape Town rugby fans. Beautiful venue, beautiful stadium, typical winter's evening, cold, miserable, rainy, but that didn't deter the fans from warming themselves up with a little bit of the old brown spirit but these two adversaries arguably the most successful provincial unions in the game in south africa came down to literally two halves of rugby the first half belonging to the blue bulls the second half belonging to the stormers yes their names might have changed even their jerseys have changed but nothing has changed as far as the rivalry between the two sides i suppose for those people who don't support either the stormers or the blue bulls the rugby was most important and the result didn't really matter oh nonsense the result always matters yes bragging rights for the first time in ages to the strip Trea, who of course weren't really in strip Trea, but be that as it may at western province Daisa on their uh, emblem the fierce fierce competitiveness from the side and absolutely amazing game of rugby. But the fairy tale mustn't stop there. Two South African sides made it through to the final. Neither of them were expected to get there. In fact, before the tournament started, most people thought they wouldn't get into the top eight. Well, they got there. And then, of course, against all the odds, western province came back from the death with five minutes into referees optional time after the siren sounded and the bulls who of course went away overseas to win their game in the semi-finals and then the two sides clashed at Newlands and as I say the result of course it's important so what does that mean it was a dream come true for the Stormers but the hard part comes now because they now have a reputation they now are carrying the weight of the nation on their shoulders as they will go off and play further cup competitions in the UK and of course in Europe. Uh this is talking sport with louis carpus that was not the only over a century events 122nd u.s open golf championship and matt fitzpatrick became the 13th player to win both the u.s open and the u.s amateur and only the second after jack Nicklaus to accomplish that feat on the same golf course nicholas did it at pebble beach And uh, yesterday at Brookline in Massachusetts, the 122nd Open won by Fitzpatrick. A historic double at the country club. But what a performance by Fitzpatrick for a 27-year-old, the youngest player ever to win the uh, U.S. Open. Arguably the most difficult of all the majors, unless, of course, the wind and the rain comes at the Open, which is the British Open. But Fitzpatrick is a champion once again at the golf club that he played in the U.S. Amateur. He won the 122nd Open on a chilly New England Sunday by a stroke over a past U.S. junior amateur champion, Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler. And Fitzpatrick joined Will, Golf Hall of Famer and 18-time major champion, Jack Nicklaus, in accomplishing that feat. Nicklaus, as I say, at Pebble Beach. Fifty years on, Fitzpatrick puts himself in rare company Yes, Nicholas, of course, arguably the greatest of all time. He put on a ball striking clinic, hitting 17 of 18 greens. The only miss was on the 10th, the 503 yard hole that members play as a par five that was statistically the championship's toughest at 4.39. But it just shows you the young youth of the world at the moment really dominating. As did Tiger, of course, in his day. Rory, who's quite youthful, to be honest. And then, of course, Ernie Elson, Jack Nicklaus in his day. Gary Player added, of course, to uh, the other South Africans in Louis Oosthuizen, as well as a couple of others. What a tournament, what an event, what a weekend. Until next time, from the boardroom to the locker room. Talking sport with Louis Carpers, pulling no punches, telling it like it is. Louis Carpers is talking sport.